Welcome to The Workplace, a podcast by Cal Chamber. I'm Matthew Roberts, the Labor Law Helpline Manager and Employment Law Counsel with the California Chamber of Commerce. Hello, listeners. Well, we have a special treat for this episode today. We will be discussing one of 2023's novel and hot topics, artificial intelligence, or what's normally known as AI. Of course, news stories are prevalent this year about things like AI language models and how they might change how humans do things in their personal lives, but there is much more to AI than just the programs that have dominated the news. There are AI applications that are already impacting the workplace and many more that might alter the workplace altogether. To discuss concepts around AI in the workplace, we are very proud to welcome Peter Bittner. Peter is an award-winning multimedia journalist, AI consultant, and media strategist. Peter's work has been featured in the New York Times, CNN, and other major media outlets. A Fulbright Scholar and UC Berkeley Lecturer in New Media, Peter is deeply involved in the intersection of technology and storytelling. Passionate about learning, utilizing, and teaching the latest tech tools, Peter is also dedicated to guiding businesses in leveraging artificial intelligence for powerful and impactful narratives. All of that is to say, I am very glad to welcome you to the show today, so thank you for joining me, Peter. Matthew, thanks so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Excellent. Well, Peter, we're hearing a lot about AI and its role in the workplace um, here in California. We're seeing some employees and managers have kind of a built-in fear around it. Others are seeing that it can improve productivity and eliminate many repetitive back office type functions. Peter, can you talk a little about how much AI has expanded in workplaces and how companies are currently using AI? Absolutely. Let me start with a little bit of data about the rapid expansion of AI in the workplace. So Salesforce had a global survey of roughly 11,000 workers that came out earlier this year, and they found that globally, you know, two thirds of managers said that their company is considering or implementing generative AI in one form or another. So this is a a massive transformation. This is a disruption uh, within business models for many different industries. And it's also a hype cycle. So we need to, you know, be wary of that as well and think critically. I will say that, you know, there is also a huge need that was found in the Salesforce study for training. Nearly 97% of global workers who participated in this research said that they believe businesses should prioritize AI skills in their employee development strategy. That's almost unanimous. Uh, So there's a lot of room for employers to get involved in training their workers to use these sophisticated AI tools, which are varied and multifaceted. There's AI for all different types of tasks, right? That can be kind of a mini superpower for many different types of workers, right? More workers now in the Salesforce study were more excited about the use of AI in the workplace than worried about it replacing them, right? We have to acknowledge that there is some uncertainty and some preoccupation uh, by workers of being replaced by some AI, right? Which is a little dystopian. So we need to acknowledge the elephant in the room and I encourage employers to do that as well. You know, this is something that is uh, really a next wave of automation, right? It's AI has been implemented and been happening within all sorts of tech companies for years, right? But it's really this year, 2023, where we've seen kind of a milestone 
when it comes to generative AI tools. So things like ChatGPT, right, for text generation, things like Midjourney or Dolly for image generation, and you know, a huge variety of video generation tools and uh, software out there as well, which are really advancing so rapidly now that uh, they are you know, leading to some real interest, right? So ChatGPT, uh, gained an incredible following. You know, they reached 100 million users uh, faster than any other app in history. That is until Threads, the Twitter, or should I say X knockoff, uh, came out a little bit later in the year this year. But uh, obviously, there's a lot of interest in these tools. Right, Peter. And, you know, so much of what we've seen or heard around the media, I think, is around AI um, and the dangers of it. I know some of the program designers around those generative AI programs, as we talked about, have been really careful to be at the forefront of talking about how they will mitigate any kind of perceived dangers around AI. Uh, governments, including um, ours here in California, um, has been making resolutions and statements and plans about how they will address AI in the workplace. But honestly, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm a lot more excited about what this can mean for workforces. So I'd rather focus on the positives to start. Um, what do you see as some of the upsides of businesses using AI in general as part of their operations? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great question. So there was just another study. Sorry, I, I'm a university lecturer normally, so I love research. And this study that just came out, uh, again, this one was with Boston Consulting Group in collaboration between Harvard, UPenn, and MIT professors that analyze hundreds of consultants across you know, 18 different work tasks, they found that those who used AI finished you know, almost 12% more tasks. Those who use AI also produce 40% higher quality results than those who didn't. And they completed tasks 25% faster, right? And so these are obviously you know, early figures here it's still a little bit rough around the edges. This is a working paper from, from Harvard, really. And so it has yet to be peer reviewed. But so these figures are really in line with other research that I've seen over the last 12 to 18 months, which show that there's a bump in productivity per worker of roughly 20 to 40%. And this is substantial, obviously, across an entire organization or company. And businesses should be paying attention to how to best optimize you know, their workflows and operations with these different types of tools. Yeah, Peter, and you know, kind of shifting gears a little bit, um, you did mention this a little bit about um, some dystopian fears about AI in general, um, some more specific fears about AI replacing human workers. Um, I know we've seen um, labor issues here in California and elsewhere about their work being replaced by AI and um, some down, you know, some downsides to stuff, copyright issues and things like that. So, uh, Peter, really, as far as workflow and operations, um, what are the major downsides? sides or what I should say the major issues that employers and businesses should uh, be aware of and address as they're looking to implement or expand their use of AI? Of course, yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, a lot of employers immediately look at productivity, look at things like cost savings, uh, you know, accuracy and consistency, potentially, you know, ruling out human error, right? Um, the massive adaptability that these machine learning models, you know, 
can improve and learn and iterate uh, upon themselves over time, right? So these are the obvious draws, but the negatives, right? The risks that you alluded to are very serious as well. So it, it's certainly a double-edged sword, right? Uh, things like job displacement, right? Um, for example, really sort of automating routine and repetitive jobs such as admin, call center roles, uh, entry-level positions, software engineers, you know, while these things are becoming more possible, it might not be wise to do that for a number of reasons, right? You still need a human layer for almost every single type of AI um, to be able to you know, apply some actual human judgment and quality control, right? And uh, it is a little bit alarming, you know, when there are uh, headlines that say, you know, X firm put a hiring freeze on, they cited AI in part due to this, and, you know, it's something that I think is going to be a difficulty for attracting and maintaining pipeline of talent, especially for, you know, graduating students coming into the job market and retention. So there's also a few other issues here, right? So obviously, you know, the reliability of these products too, right, are, you know, famously in question. So there's a lot of, you know, wonkiness and unpredictability in the use of everything from chat GPT to mid-journey to advanced language models uh, or, you know, data analysis ones, right? And we need to really be sure that there are checks and balances and internal processes for mitigating those. There's also a lot of different risks of, you know, security, especially, you know, AI systems are not only in the hands of our businesses, but also adversaries such as cyber, you know, hackers and uh, all sorts of different organized groups. So, you know, it's really important to maintain budget and vigilance when it comes to this. Um, of course, bias and DEI issues and a lot of these AI tools are critical, you know, to acknowledge. And one of the biggest risks, you know, for businesses in this environment is making sure that they mitigate for bias and account for DEI issues in rolling out any of these AI systems, right? If they're not trained properly on representative data sets or implemented correctly, or if there's not the right people in the room to be able to actually, you know, build these products or apply them in your business, they can reinforce societal biases and have tremendously negative impacts and potentially that could put your business at risk of, you know, legal jeopardy, really. Um, I think we're going to talk more about compliance issues next. Uh, I'm excited to dig into that. It's certainly a big area and it's an evolving playing field. Yeah, Peter, I mean, we absolutely are. And I think the bias reinforcement is really important and it really hammers home the humans that still need to be around AI because AI, you know, with generative AI, as you've talked about, can create so much stuff. But what it creates just may not be relevant or may in fact actually be dangerous for the kind of idea or mission statement or product you're trying to put out. Now, of course, um, this year we've seen some language from the Federal Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC that we've talked about on the show, as well as the California Civil Rights Department about efforts to create rules around AI in the employment context. Now, we did just see the EEOC um, execute a settlement 
against an employer for AI practices that ended up unlawfully screening out older workers just in general, one of these disparate impact kinds of claims. Um, in addition to those kind of screening and hiring practices, what other uh, legal and compliance issues should employers consider when using AI in the workplace? That's such a great question. And it's a bit of, you know, a dynamic legal environment here. Obviously, you know, Governor Gavin Newsom in California earlier this month in September issued an executive order that uh, essentially, you know, gave a very serious homework assignment to most major agencies in the state of California. They have 60 days to, you know, really do a deep dive into what are the threats opportunities uh, involved in you know their specific departments so everyone from CDOT to you know some of the other agencies uh, are really going to be rolling out some of their own suggested uh, best practices and there's obviously a lot of legislative talks that are ongoing to this fall and we're going to have to also keep our eye on some of the national you know potential legislation that might be coming with uh, this recent you know closed door ai summit uh, as some are calling it right that uh, the biden administration just hosted earlier uh, this past week so you know it's it remains to be seen uh, what is coming down the pipeline and that makes it a bit tricky as a business owner right of any size business uh, to determine where to you know implement or hold off but i think you know looking at the california consumer privacy act is critical you know biometric data uh, is something that is really really important to be in you know alignment with and making sure that you're aware of some of the pitfalls of these AI-powered customer screening, you know, or potentially hiring tools like HireVue, for example. You know, there's a Illinois lawsuit in the past few months here that has to deal with informed consent during the hiring process. Uh, essentially, it's a video interview tool that uh, uses very sophisticated machine learning algorithms to analyze uh, body language, right, intonation, all sorts of different uh, maybe eye movement to assess the confidence and capabilities uh, of potential employees. So, you know, these are things that are now available as, as products at enterprise levels that obviously have a certain, you know, appeal and perhaps a place in the workplace, but it's definitely a very shaky territory right now um amazon famously scrapped its you know sort of secret ai recruiting tool that showed a large bias against women in 2018 right and this is kind of the backdrop of you know some of the current legal issues of recruiting tools that are using ai algorithms um, there's a lot of evidence that shows that these types of AI systems reinforce bias and discrimination in screening processes. So, you know, these are some hot legal potatoes uh, to juggle, and you really need to be in consultation with your lawyers. I am not a legal expert, I will say, and give a disclaimer that um, this is not legal advice, but. I am yeah, doing my very best as well to stay up to date with uh, the latest in Sacramento. 
Yeah, I absolutely will piggyback on that too. And what I kind of think about when I hear you talk about the screening tools, the videos that picks up eye movement and body movements and language and how their tone is, I think back to something that gained some popularity not too long ago in hiring practices, which are these like um, emotional intelligence tests or these psychological exams, which we didn't have a lot of guidance around originally at the time. But over time, as you've talked about with AI, there's potential for some bias or, again, disparate impact on particular protected classes like national origin or race or sex. And you can kind of just use your imagination about what a computer might miss or how a computer might classify a whole group of people on how they look or what their cultural traditions might be and how they address you know, strangers or formal interviews. So I think it's really important because we've learned those psychological and emotional intelligence tests probably have not enough uh, benefit to outweigh the massive con of, you know, this discrimination claim. One thing I wanted to talk about with you that I've, I kind of put a pin in um, while we've been talking here are these privacy issues. Because you didn't mention it, you know, California has a pretty robust uh, Consumer Privacy Act at the moment. Um, and we've talked a lot um, on this show about how that applies to employers. What I'm really interested in um, from you, Peter, is how are the privacy issues arising from using, you know, AI models, meaning sensitive information that we keep track of, personnel information, of course, is private under the California Constitution. And how can AI kind of open us up to liability for these privacy issues? Yeah, that's a great question. So AI is really kind of the next level of really using and collecting data at a scale that uh, is previously uh, almost unimaginable a decade ago, right? I mean, you could say the, the 2010s up until you know a few years ago was the era of big data when it comes to big business right and now we are seeing with ai the ability to manipulate analyze splice and dice share integrate synthesize you know these data sets uh, of employees of potential you know sales leads and funnels of all types of you know proprietary data um in ways that now creates you know a ton of possibilities and excitement right for uh, increasing productivity and you know understandings of you know where the sort of ball is moving and where we should be chasing but it's uh, also opened up a lot of different questions about you know the sharing of data too between you know third party systems right uh, are vendors or you know enterprise systems that you're using that are AI specific, you know, sharing data with other outside entities? That's a big risk as well because the scale at which you know and who owns that data, right? Do you own the data? Whose servers are those on? You know, these are some questions that are more important than ever now uh, in 2023. It pays to read the fine print and ask very critical questions of vendors and, you know, to dig into the nitty gritty. Excellent. Well, uh, Peter, I think we've addressed quite a bit here on the show um, during the course of this discussion, you know, a lot of the positives, uh, some of the issues, both just practical and compliance that employers should at least consider and address with counsel and other experts before we just go head first diving into the wild, wild west here as we are. But um, I just wondered if there was any other issues or perks of AI that we haven't really discussed that business owners, HR professionals or managers should be aware of. It's a great question. Some of my sort of initial advice is going to be if you're an executive, if you're a business owner, you must 
learn the tools that are related to your industry and your operations. It is critical. Do not get left behind. Yes, there is hype cycle here when it comes to Silicon Valley and you know this recent sort of venture capital environment uh, in which we find ourselves, right? There are reasons to be you know critical to be wary um, don't rush into any decisions but you need to do your homework and explore these tools now before your competition does seriously it is a big deal these are critical issues that you need to understand and you need to bring in you know your board you need to bring in your fiduciaries you need to bring in your key stakeholders your business partners uh, potentially you know some of your other key parties here to strategize and figure out where the opportunities and threats are do a SWOT analysis for your business right and bring your employees along the journey as much as you can because they may be learning you know faster than you and be able to step up and become a leader in this space within your organization um, this is an evolving you know enterprise area here so you need to be constantly educating yourself and dedicating you know hr hours to trainings uh, once you have established best practices and you know, found some reliable tools and ways to increase operational efficiencies. It's really, really important, you know, to have ongoing trainings because the productivity gains, right, are really, really important uh, to not let slip away and, you know, get behind uh, competitors in this area. Um, that said, you don't let the fear and hype lead you into jumping into decisions that are impulsive, right? Make sure to have ethical considerations, responsible use at uh, the forefront. Think about your core values, your mission as an organization. Make sure that you're using and envisioning AI in a way that aligns with our you know, societal values and norms as well as your specific mission and values as a company. Um, and don't forget about your customer, <laughs> right? <laughs> you need to be transparent with them as well. And, you know, hire a lawyer. There's not a lot that, you know, are going to maybe want to be on the record um, as this you know, legal environment is constantly changing. But as soon as those laws come out, um, you know, in the state of California, nationally, it's going to be critical to get legal review as, as well as soon as possible in this process. Yeah, and I love that, Peter, because you know anyone who's listened to me talks know if you're dealing with third parties with your organization, especially in the employment context, but really in any context, that doing your homework on those third parties that are going to do some uh, important employment-related function, for example, if you're going to hire a third party to do your criminal background checks, if you're going to hire a third party to administer your legally required leaves of absence, if they mess it up, you as the employer are still the one who's on the hook, right? No one is suing your third party. They're suing you. So um, I think that lesson's really well taken and extending here to the AI because, the, I mean, this is a big, broad, brave new world here. So um, just want to leave listeners with that. Again, as you do your homework, just remember, ultimately, whoever you're comfortable with, be really comfortable with them and in, in, in your uh, roles and what they're going to do for you because it's always going to come back to us, you know, as the employer. So, uh, Peter, this has been a really wonderful discussion on AI in the workplace. I really appreciate you taking uh, the time out to talk with me about um, these issues. So thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure, Matthew. Yeah. And for those interested in, you know, getting updates and following along with some of the emerging, 
you know, tools as well as the evolving landscape in the workplace relating to AI, they can check out my regular newsletter. It comes out weekly. It is called theupgrade.ai, where they can learn more. I'm constantly educating myself and putting together, you know, a list of top stories related to the workplace. And uh, hopefully it'll be a good resource for some of your listeners. It sounds fantastic. Listeners, grab a hold of your experts wherever you need them. So thank you again, Peter. And thank you, listeners, for joining this discussion on the workplace. Please comment, share, and subscribe to Cal Chambers podcast by visiting calchamber.com.